looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. This is a very significant historical election. This crisis is still damaging, especially Finnish and European economies very hardly, and that's an important reason to get more and more co- cooperation. And uh, what we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of uh, Tiwonge and uh, Stephen, and also we see Malawi violating its international commitments. Well, the position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting for marine species in particular. African Dialogue, a talk show where we cover anything and everything. Well, thank you for joining us here on African Dialogue. My name is Benjamin Mushatama. You're listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. And you're listening to us on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band to Southern Africa. Thank you as well for streaming us live from 11 o'clock to 12 o'clock Central African time on www.channelafrica.co.za. Guess what? All the nurses were too busy for us yesterday. They said they were too much in celebration in International Nurse day so we thought hey let's speak to them the day after international nurse day and look at the celebrations of yesterday so let's move on before we look at that particular story and uh, let's get our news from Anne Musa In the headlines, expectations are high that regional leaders meeting in Tanzania will end the political crisis in Burundi. The International Criminal Court wants the global community to do more for justice in Libya. And the United Nations warns against an escalation of violence in Unity State north of South Sudan. A very good morning to you. Expectations are high that regional leaders meeting in Tanzania today will end three weeks of violent protests and a political crisis in Burundi. The meeting comes amid rising tension in Burundi and calls for the postponement of the presidential polls set for next month. The protest began after President Pierre Nkurunziza's party elected him to run for a third term. Leaders in Dar es Salaam will deliberate on how best to avert a regional and humanitarian crisis. Human rights groups, meanwhile, warn that the pre-election violence in Burundi is worrying. They want the region to press for Nkurunziza to allow freedom of assembly and that of the media. Amnesty International's Sarah Jackson. Well, the East African community doesn't really have a a firm mechanism to um, impose sanctions. Um, So at this stage, we're expecting that there will be significant discussion, that there will be significant pressure and potentially also a written agreement outlining um, what has been agreed upon and, and reached in this very important meeting taking place. International Criminal Court Prosecutor Fatal Ben Soda says the international community can and must do more to ensure peace and justice in Libya. Ben Soda was presenting a ninth report to the United Nations Security Council on the situation in the North African country. She says the frequency and brutality of assassinations, terrorist attacks, threats to media workers, human rights defenders and women in particular 
are especially troubling. My office has encouraged the formation of an international contact group on justice issues through which material, legal and other support could be provided to Libya. One proposal I submit before the Council is for a willing state with substantial experience in transitional justice to consider partnering with Libya to explore more concretely how such a contact group might be brought to life in the near future. The United Nations has warned against an escalation of violence, including rape and killings in Unity State, north of South Sudan. The Office of the UN High Commissioner for Human Rights says it has received reports of killings, rape, abduction and looting of cattle and other property. The office further says thousands of civilians have been fleeing their homes in the past weeks, seeking solace at the UN refugee camp in Bintu. The surge in violence has forced the UN and other aid agencies to withdraw this stuff from the region. And finally, the Namibian Minister of Environment and Tourism, Puhamba Shifita, says the unprecedented levels of rhino and elephant poaching across Africa threatens not only the future of these species but also the ecosystem. He has told a media conference in the capital, Vintuk, that wildlife trafficking is a multi-million dollar criminal enterprise which has expanded to more than just a conservation concern. Fricky Wallace reports. Namibia lost 24 rhinos from poaching last year and so far this year 60. As for elephants, 78 were poached in 2014 and 23 so far this year. The ministry has now doubled the reward for information about poaching to 60,000 Namibian dollars. Chefeta says that for the Itosha National Park and Palmwach Tourism Concession Area cases, suspects are being followed while six arrests have been made in the northeast regions. Recapping the top stories, expectations are high that regional leaders meeting in Tanzania will end the political crisis in Burundi. The International Criminal Court wants the global community to do more for justice in Libya. And the United Nations warns against an escalation of violence in Unity State, north of South Sudan. Well, thank you, Anne Musa, for that news update. And uh, just to remind you that later on we will have our economics update coming up and our sports later in this particular hour. But yesterday the world was busy celebrating nurses as it was International uh, Nurse Day. And uh, we know that International Nurse Day is celebrated around the world on the 12th of May each year to mark the the contributions that nurses make to society. The day marks the birth and anniversary of Florence Nightingale, who is known as the founder of modern nursing. The day has been celebrated since 1965, and this year the theme was Nurses' Day, Nurses' a Force for Change, Care, Effective, cost effective as well. So to look at the significance of nurses in the healthcare system, we have uh, Tandi Manganye, who is joining us as the acting CEO and registrar for South African Nursing Council, as well as Litsati Mudise, who is uh, the first deputy president of the Democratic Nursing Organization of South Africa. Now I want to start with you, Tandi. Looking at nurses, I'm sure it's a big force in the health industry. How significant are Uh, Good morning, Benjamin, and good morning to the listeners. 
Indeed, as the nursing council, uh, the nursing profession, as a regulatory body for the nursing profession, we value the work that the nurses do, as well as the uh, aspect of all nursing. And of course, you mentioned the fact that, uh, you know, Florence Nightingale was the founder of professional nursing. We do, as the nursing council, believe that nursing is a profession, hence the need to be regulated as well as to professionalize nursing. We'll come to some of those themes that you highlighted, uh, 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 Tandi, but let me move on to uh, uh, Litati Mudisa from uh, the Democratic Nursing Organization of South Africa. From your view, let me ask the same question that I asked Tandi uh, Litati in terms of how important are nurses in primary health care? Good morning, Benjamin. Thanks for having us, and uh, good morning, uh, Tandi. Uh, Thank you, Tati. Look, the, uh, are important in the sense that they are the first point of contact at a primary health, in a primary health care setting. And therefore, being uh, the first point of contact, they are the face of the system. And uh, whatever whatever happens at, 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 at that first point of contact can can make or break the system. And they often take the fall, you know, for 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 for, for problems that are related to the system, not necessarily uh, uh, of their own, of their own making, as it were. So that's how important uh, nurses are uh, to the overall uh, delivery of primary health care. Well, I like the fact that you highlighted that, Litsati, that they are the first contact in terms of they're the first people to interact with uh, patients. Uh, but I want to look at yesterday as the day was International Nurse Day, the significance of it, and as people who are part of the industry itself. I want to know from you, Tandi, in terms of uh, uh, the day itself, how was it? How were the celebrations yesterday? How were the interactions? And how were nurses acknowledged yesterday? Uh, as the nursing council, what we did, we uh, took out a media statement where we highlighted the fact that, you know, as the nursing council, we we pay tribute to the nurses and midwives out there who are providing the much-needed uh, quality nursing care in our uh, country. We are mindful of the fact that sometimes nurses work under very difficult circumstances, but we know the majority of the nurses of this country are there prepared, have been prepared well through education and training to deliver the nursing care that the people of this country need. Indeed, what we did, we supported quite a number of uh, uh, organizations that had, uh, you know, organized uh, festivities uh, around uh, Pretoria, there were some of the nurses from the nursing council who support, went to support the Swane. You know, I personally went to the University of Pretoria where the students there were celebrating the nurses' day through debates and so on. So indeed, you know, you know, we actually, and then of course, there were quite a number of radio interviews that we did uh, to support the nurses and to give them encouragement. And, and from your side, uh, Litsatsi, any interesting events around South Africa as they were also celebrating joining the rest of the world? No, indeed, uh, as an organization, we have declared May actually as a Nurses Month. 
and therefore we have got a celebration spread throughout the month. Yesterday we we had a, a main celebrations in three provinces. There was one in uh, we, we we had one in 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 Gauteng, and then we had one in 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 Pumalanga that we that we addressed, and I think even the president attended a a, a launch of a journal at the at the at the vet, uh, School of Health yesterday uh, on the on on the on the significance of the International Nurses Day, uh, as it were. And in 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 those uh, celebrations, what what we were doing, we were also reflecting on the achievements made by 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 nurses in South Africa, for instance, that we still have a. a a, a strong regulatory body. We we have now managed to have a, a chief nursing officer, uh, an office that we never had before. Somebody who is responsible for for nursing and nursing issues at the national department level, and we are establishing those in provinces as well for for coordination of uh, of of nursing issues, the education practice, and so on. So we we were highlighting those and also the role that nurses have played. Uh, for instance, in the in, in the in the rollout of uh, antiretrovirus, you know, the nice initiated uh, antiretrovirus uh, therapy uh, programs and uh, uh, rolled out by the department, and also uh, on a forward-looking basis, on what's going to be our role going forward on the re-engineering of primary health care, and how we can then position Messi uh, as it, as as it were to to continue to be the the driver. Uh, of 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 primary health care uh, in the country. So we were focusing on those and acknowledging, uh, of course, the, the trailblazers, uh, people who have com- contributed immensely to the further development of the profession. So those festivities are still continuing. Uh, we, we, in other provinces, they, for instance, some of them are going on the on the 40s. There is a celebration. I think in Limpopo, you've got Eastern Cape on the 22nd. And, and probably the final one will be KwaZulu Natal, I think, on the state case. So we have spread them uh, throughout the the month. Well, I think that we've done very well in terms of looking at the importance of nurses and kind of reflecting on the day yesterday. But let's get into the nitty-gritties. Uh, when we started this conversation, Ms. Tandi Manganye highlighted very uh, something very important to me in terms of uh, stating that we really need to strongly, strongly regulate the industry in itself, especially the nursing uh, profession. Where are we, uh, Tandi, in terms of that perspective? I hear that Litsati uh, is uh, saying that now we have a chief nursing officer on a national level. What more can be done in terms of strengthening regulation? Yeah, th- thank you uh, for, for that uh, question. You know, <clears throat> South Africa uh, is known amongst the first countries that uh, established the regulatory uh, framework. And of course, with the new democracy, the regulatory framework has been strengthened in terms of, uh, you know, embracing everyone in terms of the, you know, the, 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 the color, uh, as well as uh, including, you know, within the regulatory framework, the composition of our uh, board has actually uh, improved in terms of participation and, uh, you, and in terms of looking at education and training as well as practice. Maybe just to <clears throat> indicate a little bit. Initially, you know, after democracy, the Nursing Council 
made a lot of uh, focus a, a lot on education and training, st- strengthening uh, nursing education and training, setting of uh, education and training standards as well as monitoring. However, two years back, the Nursing Council realized that we haven't done much in terms of setting standards for practice, in other words, for people who are now qualified. So the focus now is to look at the practice side. We have actually uh, established the practice division within the Nursing Council. We now have the code of ethics, which the nurses are, we are busy, you know, rolling out to the nurses. And we are also looking at means and ways of strengthening our presence within the, 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 the province, within the practitioners. Because, you know, sometimes when people are, are, are trained, when they are qualified, you know, the support that is needed from the regulatory board is not enough. So what we are trying to do is to look at ways and means how the nursing council can support the practitioners out there. We are also looking at, you know, introducing a continuing professional development so that the nurses out there, you know, are aware that, you know, uh, learning does not stop when a person gets qualified, but they continue improving themselves in order to improve their competences. So in short, that is, you know, how one can uh, uh, summarize the strengthening of a uh, the regulatory framework by the nursing council. And, and your views, Lisa, in terms of the issue of regulation, uh, mm-hmm. anything that you want to elaborate on there? Look, we, we, do, we do embrace, especially the concept of continuous uh, professional development, uh, so that you know, people remain relevant and they are kept abreast with the developments within the profession and so on. And uh, but then we, we we do think that uh, the Nation uh, Council is, uh, should be able to, to manage the... Because it's not like there hasn't been CPD uh, before. It's just that now it's, it's being uh, regulated and it's, uh, it will be compulsory. So we, we would want to see a, a, a better management uh, of... There must be communication around around mm. around around that. Mm. They must, uh, with the profession itself, and mm. we must be able to to face it in, you know, in a manner that uh, does not antagonize, uh, mm. you know, uh, and necessarily to manage the anxiety. Really, but mm. I think the anxiety that is there is centered around uh, education and uh, uh, probably a lack of information mm. uh, about, you know, that there is the, the the one thing that is being emphasized mm. is the fact that in order to retain a license. So a lot of people have been threatened and so forth. And, of course, we understand that it's not the case as an organization. All that you say is let's communicate, let's, let's mm. manage it better, and we'll, we'll, we'll of course, support the, uh, the nursing council in that regard. Mm. And uh, oh, the other thing that we need to, to be strengthened is that, you know, some of the things that are occurring, you know, you are... Uh, 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 Medical legal omissions and so forth that are happening at the at the at the bedside level are not necessarily of the nurses making. For instance, if if a nurse is working alone uh, in in a, in a medical department uh, and you are not able to 
uh, somebody delivers on their own when you are delivering another patient, not necessarily of a making of a mess, but of the of the shortage that is there. But then you you find that when uh, people must be taken to task, it's like uh, the fault lies solely with the nurse. So we'd also appreciate if the nursing council mm. takes those things mm. up, you know, uh, mm. to uh, to monitor those situations, to do mm. those inspections, and to constantly even communicate with the managers mm. on the on 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 on, on exposing nurses to precarious liability mm. because of shortages of resources and 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 and, and even uh, physical you know equipment and and mm. and, and stuff. Mm. Well, those things uh, affect even the morale of 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 the nurses there. So we'd want to work together with the nursing council mm. on on strengthening that part mm. of of doing the inspections and so forth. The other thing is the is, is the manu- you know mushrooming of of these private uh, training colleges. Mm. Uh, in some cases, people have been fleeced because they do courses at the value of fifteen thousand, and these courses are not even recognised by SANG. But then this person is accredited by SANG. So when when you when you get in there, if you don't know uh, ordinary member of the public, you think that this course is a missing course, only to find that it's not, mm. and you will only discover when you qualify. So we think that there must be a strengthening around that area. And what colleges, what which, what colleges do we do we accreditate and what standards and so forth, mm. so that we eliminate the, this problem. Uh, the MEC of uh, Health in case of then was saying these colleges are producing more than the the province itself can absorb, mm. and uh, they are compromising quality mm. because their emphasis is on uh, on making money. It's a commercial. Uh, enterprise, so they mm. are making money out of uh, 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 people who want to get into the profession, especially at the enrollment and the assistant nurse level. Mm. So those things, uh, we think the regulatory body uh, can manage better, and we we don't only want to to make it that better, but we saying together we can be able to mm. to manage uh, these things. When we say we suspect that there is a college wherever that not up to standard. Mm. We expect uh, an expedient response yeah. from that as an organization so that we arrest well, we need to take a quick break, but I'll bring that back to uh, Tandi Mangani from the South African Nursing Council, uh, the issue of management of nurses. You brought some issues of uh, these uh, mushrooming of uh, private nursing colleges that are coming up, and then maybe the issue of accrediting these uh, training centers, as you say, that some, some of them are producing more than what hospitals and private yeah. clinics can actually handle. We'll come back to you, uh, Ms. Tandi Mangani, on those uh, concerns that were highlighted by Litsati Mudi. So you are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. We're playing homage to uh, nurses. Yesterday was International Nurse Day. We're looking at uh, really the industry itself, the profession, as was highlighted by Ms. Tandi Manganya, that, hey, it should be a recognized profession. And it is a, a very one of the largest healthcare professions in the world. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back after this. This month has been declared We Are Africa Month with the theme Opening the Doors of Learning and Culture from Cape to Cairo. Channel Africa strongly supports the project and will keep you abreast of events. 
would like to get to know you, our listener. So we are asking you to tell us the country you're in and how you listen to the station. Is it via shortwave, internet or satellite? And what do you enjoy listening to? You can SMS us at plus two seven eight two double three two five nine oh five or email us. It's at info at channelafrica.org. You can also tell us via Facebook or tweet us on the handle at Channel Africa Numerical One. Or write to us at the address PO Box 91313 Auckland Park, Johannesburg, 2006 Republic of South Africa. We look forward to hearing from you. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Yes, we are Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Uh, yesterday, the ladies were busy, even men as well. We know that there's men as well in nursing. Uh, they were celebrating the day, uh, the International Nurse Day. I'm sure most of them didn't even have time to actually pause. Maybe they were even within the ward still carrying on their work. It's just the nature of the job, isn't it? Uh, maybe they didn't even have time to stop and actually go out and celebrate that, hey, we are nurses, because probably some of them were in, in, the sh- in their shift and actually doing the work that they have to do. But today we're taking time to really look at uh, how important nurses are in primary health care and in our society and in, in our continent as well. Uh, but coming back to you, uh, Ms. Tandy Manganya, in terms of looking at some of the concerns that Litsatsi highlighted earlier on, uh, let's start with the issue of management in itself, managing nurses, the right way to do it. Yeah, uh, thank, thank you, um, Benjamin. I I fully agree with uh, with Lizzie. You know, he raised quite a number of things, and I must say, as the nursing council, we work very closely with the nurse because uh, you know sometimes you can't be everywhere, but uh, they alert us to quite a number of things, and we will really work together. In terms of the um, ma- managing of 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 nurses. We, 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 as the nursing council, we are mindful. I think I indicated earlier on when I said earlier on we concentrated a lot on education and training. But what we have done, we have established the practice division, which will be dealing with the qualified nurses. So in terms of supporting the qualified practitioners out there, this section or this division that I've uh, indicated will do a lot of work in trying to ensure that, you know, looking, monitoring the work, uh, where the nurses are working. And, of course, some of the things we are going to, I mean, as the nursing council, our role is to look after the quality of professionals, whereas the department, the the government has, has established the Office of Standards Compliance, which looks at the environment. So we, we, are start, we are starting to talk to the Office of Standards Compliance as to how we're going to collaborate to ensure that the quality of nursing is not compromised. For example, Lizazi raised the issue of equipment, you know, quite a number of things that he has raised. So in working collaboratively with the Office of Standards Compliance, we believe will improve the quality of nursing care out there. Indeed, in terms of the uh, CPD that uh, Litsati raised, 
definitely our approach is developmental in nature and he has raised the issue of communication. Yes, we have started that communication, we have moved around the country. We will be in the near future do a, a, a small pilot to see if the system works and following that, depending on the outcome of the pilot, will roll out the, the, the CPD. And I, I need to stress that this will be developmental initially in nature until we mature. Is then that, you know, uh, you know, one can look at the, you know, uh, uh, sanctions that can be meted if a nest does not meet the required uh, CPD points. And uh, also... In terms mm, of mush- mm. mushrooming uh, yes, yes. Uh, private uh, nursing, educa- uh, nursing education institutions, Yes, sometimes, you know, uh, people out there give an impression that, you know, the program that they are uh, providing has been accredited by the Nursing Council. What we have done on our website, we have got an, um, a site where we have listed all the uh, nursing education institutions that are accredited. In other words, if at all it's not accredited, then we cannot certify the nurses who have been trained there as qualified nurses, either as auxiliary or enrolled nurses. However, if there are people from from the public who have got, uh, you know, suspicion that this uh, institution might not be accredited, then they can uh, phone the nursing council, and unfortunately, because it's not registered with us, we cannot do much. What we do we go with the police, we report the matter to the police uh, uh, station, and of course it becomes a criminal case. Well, good points there. But I also want to move on a little bit, just slightly, uh, and, and look at midwifery because uh, uh, I think it's part of the nursing kind of profession. Uh, where do we put that issue of midwifery? Uh, staying with you, uh, Tandi, before I move on to Litsat. Yes, uh in, in our country, we, we, we consider midwifery as one of the um, uh, uh, important aspects of nursing. But, uh, you know, sometimes we have got different views where uh, if you go to people like uh, UK, they say midwifery is a profession on its own. But now we consider midwifery, I mean, nursing and midwifery. In the past, we were saying, when we talk nursing, you were including midwifery. But currently, what the nursing council has realized that it is important to actually give the midwifery its own, you know, professional identification that you talk of nursing and midwifery. Midwifery is very important because <clears throat> you are dealing with uh, two people. You are dealing with the mother as well as the unborn child. So the approach in our country is that you know, the, it's important that a nurse who is qualified as a, midwife, as, as a midwife should have training in nursing because, as indicated, our approach is primary healthcare approach. Now, it's important that if you find a nurse working in the clinic or in a, in a health center, that nurse should be able to provide both uh, nursing as well as midwifery services.
Well, that's interesting in itself. Your views there, Litsati, in terms of uh, midwifery in the country, do you think there should be also a more emphasis on training in that regard and also creating space for midwifery within the hospitals themselves? Look, we, 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 we agree with the, with the nursing council uh, on, 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 on the approach. And also, remember, it's also informed of... of, of uh, what informs the, the approach also is the service delivery model that we that we have in the country, and we think that uh, the current uh, uh, arrangement uh, suits the, the service delivery model uh, because if you've got a registered nurse who has a training in midwifery uh, in a rural clinic, that person can be able to offer uh, a holistic nursing care, you know, to uh, to the mother to the baby. Uh, and now with the introduction of the OSD, uh, if you specialize beyond your basic midwifery, you are recognized as a as a midwifery specialist. But you would have you would have been a registered nurse with a midwifery qualification, and then you are, you, you do a specialization uh, on on midwifery. So we don't think that uh, that model is problematic. We we we, we think that model is progressive. Uh, that is in keeping with the with the with, with the tradition and uh, the of of course our our level of development as well because uh, it would mean then that you must have a, uh, probably in a clinic for instance you must have a midwife who will only deliver and then have a a a a, a nurse who would then do your minor ailments and stuff and deliver the other component of the primary healthcare package so we. we don't necessarily think that 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 is uh, that is sustainable. Of course, there is a, a big debate out there that we should have a, a pure midwifery training. We, we don't think that uh, uh, that's the way to go. Well, why don't you think that's the way to go, Litsatsi? What are your reasons? Look, like like we said, the, the, the emphasis is, is is on on being able to deliver a holistic care. I'm a nurse myself. Uh, when I'm at the clinic, I, I can be able to take care of a psychiatric patient. If there are uh, community, whatever issues, health issues that, that are there that, that I should take care of, I can be able to do that, uh, including uh, delivery, delivering uh, uh, babies and so forth. So it, 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 it sort of fits. Uh, uh, into our level of development. Now, if you're going to have to have uh, 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 this cadence with the current strategies that you have, it means you must have then additional people uh, in there, and uh, it may end up compromising, uh, you know, the, the the very same primary health care that you want to deliver at the at, at, at that level, especially in your rural areas where you've got shortages and so forth. So. Uh, we, we we understand the debate, and uh, primarily it's informed by your, your most developed countries where they have got a different dispensation, you know, for for midwives and so forth. Of course, their level of development affords them to have that, uh, but we don't think that we are at that level uh, there yet. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, good points that you bring. I'm going to take a quick break, and I want to add another dimension when we come back as we wrap up the program. I want to look at how do we regulate the issue of caregivers, and uh, do we need caregivers who have a certain type of qualification? Because sometimes, hey, you might have a nurse in the hospital, and then someone has to be taken home and taken care of at home. How do we deal with that? How do we regulate that? I think it's another element that interested me while I was doing research and and looking at this particular uh, story. But uh, we're going to take a quick break. The time right now is uh, 36 minutes past 11 o'clock. I'm speaking uh, to our guests, and we are looking at yesterday, International Nurse Day. I have Ms. Tandi Manganye, who is the acting CEO and registrar for the South African Nursing Council. And also I have uh, uh, the first deputy president of the Democratic Nursing Organization of South Africa, Litsatsi Mudise. We're going to come back and uh, continue the conversation and wrap it up. South African Afro Soul singer and songwriter. You're listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance, celebrating 20 years of South African freedom and democracy. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Hmm, I'm actually speaking to our technical producer next to me. She says she wanted to be a nurse. And she said she was tiny and small. And when she tried to register at a at, at Barra, I think it was in Soweto, they told her, hey, what's a little girl like you wanting to be a nurse for? And then she gave up and then did technical producing instead. So I think the story is very attached to her. So we're having that conversation between the break. Uh, but hey, let's look at the issue of caregivers. Um, and, and where do we fit? them in the in the profession uh, uh, Ms. Mangani, your views there uh, uh, Benjamin uh, the uh, as the nursing council we only regulate nurses you know nursing and, and you know we, we don't regulate uh, uh, caregivers anyone who uh, comes into this profession it, it's we call it a closed profession. We accredit the schools that offer nursing. A student who comes into nursing, we register that student because that student is going to, you know, be involved with patients. So anyone within our, uh, I can say, portfolio is, re- is registered with us, be it a student or at the end of the uh, program, uh, and we are satisfied that this, this person has met the requirement, then we put that person in our register for practitioners. So in terms of the caregivers, we don't register them as the nursing council. Mm, mm. Um, coming to you, Litsatsi, in terms of caregivers, so no one actually uh, cares about caregivers? Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a problem, and 
I think that's, that's something that we've been wanting to converse the nursing council on. And we fully understand, and we agree, uh, that indeed they don't uh, fall within any of the categories of nursing, but they are involved in the business of care. And the type of care that they are doing is elementary uh, care. We still think that as an organization that uh, you know, there must be some, some sort of standard. There must be a tailor-made course that you would say, this is this is the, the type of course. Was uh, they, they are now a main feature in terms of your primary engineering, uh, uh, for instance, uh, in the, your your caregivers, including your community health workers and so forth. So we can't ignore them. Uh, the, the, the only question that 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 that, that needs to be answered is who should take responsibility for that. Uh, of course, we are a, we, we are an association, so. It, it, we may not necessarily be the best placed uh, organ uh, to, to 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 regulate or to standardize the training and so forth. But we think that uh, probably, like I'm saying, really something that we still have, have to converse with the nursing council uh, to look at the whole question of how how how, how do we streamline and mainstream uh, the caregivers into uh, the, the primary health care setting. Was that I, I think somebody should provide leadership, and we're thinking that probably between ourselves and the nursing council, there could be a discussion that can take us uh, towards uh, resolving that question. Because at the moment, really, they are in nobody in no man's land, uh, as it were, and they are uh, during our training we used to call them care groups. I'm not sure if I'm, I would be correct. And there were there was a time when they were called uh, care groups, and they were. They were providing, assisting with the education. For instance, a nurse would take them through a particular health topic, and then they take this topic to uh, to the community and so forth. And in that way, then they are part of the extension of the of the clinic setup. So we would want to mm-hmm. really fashion out something for them that 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 is credible, that can be standardized, so that uh, when you are a nurse arriving in a clinic you at least have an idea of what level of, of knowledge a caregiver would have mm. so that we don't work, uh, like in the current environment, there is different skills mm. and, and knowledge base. But I think that that must be, that that must be arrested and we find a way of controlling it. Even mm. if it's not uh, an outright regulation, but, but certainly uh, some form of standard operating procedures for them uh, can be developed. Mm. And uh, and and reside somewhere. And we're thinking that uh, without burdening the nursing council, probably there could be a way where we, we you know, we find somewhere where we can have them there mm. until such time that there is a, a clarity mm. on what is it that we want to do with. But we must not ignore. Mm. Uh, Let's uh, 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 them. Sorry. Yeah. Let me take those. The, the, just to get a response from 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 Tandy in terms of what she thinks about what you actually saying there, because I think you you're bringing something very interesting that you know in the industry you can't really work in silos; it has to be collaborative and it has to be extensional almost. Your views there, Tandy? Benjamin, I'm aware that uh, the Department of Health has got a policy for community health workers, and I suppose it also includes you know all different categories of community health workers. And I believe out of that, I don't have the details of the, of the policy, but uh, 
the, 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 I've uh, had a, 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 a look at the policy. The policy determines, you know, the, the, the training uh, uh, needs, the training curriculum for the different categories, as well as the competences, you know, that these uh, community health workers. Uh, I suppose also how they are going to be regulated. The department is in the process of looking into how, you know, this group who are doing, you know, uh, uh, the, the work at, in the homes of, of people can be, you know, can be done. So it's something that is, uh, is out there being discussed, and I hope maybe two years, three years down the line, we might have, you know, something concrete that one can talk about the uh, mm-hmm. committee of workers. Mm-hmm. Okay, well. but well, thank you so much for your views uh, that, and thank you for joining us on the program. We have to wrap it up. Thank you to Ms. Tandi Manganye, who is the acting CEO and registrar for the South African Nursing Council. I also want to thank you, Litsatsi Mudise, who is uh, the first deputy president of the Democratic Nursing Organization of South Africa. Thank you both. I think we covered so many things from the challenges to the victories, also uh, some of the infrastructural issues that was highlighted, and also what the nurses contribute to primary health care but also it was interesting when we moved into these other areas of different types of health care on how we can improve systems there so thank you both for joining us on the program thank you benjamin thank you yeah what what a great conversation indeed the time right now is 11 45 central african time what are your views let us know what you think on the conversation we had today sms us on plus two seven eight two three three two five nine zero five that's plus two seven eight two three three two five nine zero five or you can interact with us on twitter at channel africa one or you can find us at african dialogue we want to hear from you some for us to move on let's get our economics update from wisani Matebula. Thanks, Benjamin. Good morning. More than 2,000 vehicles powered by natural gas are now on the roads in the Mozambican capital, Maputo. This according to Autogas, the company that converts vehicles to run on gas rather than on liquid fuels. The general manager of Autogas, Joao Dasnaves, says if the trend to replace petrol and diesel by gas continues, Mozambique could save $500 million on its bill for imported fuels over the next 10 years. The number of vehicles powered by gas has reason from 700 in 2013 to over 2,000. And Africa's richest economy, Nigeria, is uh, borrowing money to pay salaries as it struggles through a difficult cash crunch brought on by halved oil prices. Finance Minister Ngozi Okonjo-Iwela tried to be upbeat in a speech after the legislature approved a 2015 budget three times revised because of slashed oil prices. Oil provides about 80% of revenue for the government of Africa's biggest petroleum producer, Okonjo Iwela, says revenue challenges have prohibited the release of any funds for capital expenditure, though food prices and single-digit inflation remain quite stable.
The African Farmers Association says South Africa's Minister of Rural Development and Land Reform, Gugi Lenkwiti's proposal, has caught them by surprise. Nkwiti has proposed limits on farmland ownership. During his budget vote speech, the minister said that the small, medium and large-scale farmers would only be allowed to own 2,500 and 5,000 hectares of land, respectively. Their association secretary-general, Agri Mahanjana says uh, they are seeking more clarity from the minister and will soon hold a meeting with him. It caught us off guard because uh, all along we have been debating this issue of land ceiling. This is not what we, we really agreed on. We will having a meeting with him next week Monday. We are calling a press conference on the 18th where we will engage the minister in on this issue. The international energy agencies say a global oil glut is building as key OPEC oil producers pump near record highs in an attempt to win market share. The West's energy watchdog says in its monthly report that although oil demand had begun to increase following a sharp fall in oil prices over the last year, oil production was continuing to rise. Signs are emerging that the global oil supply glut is shifting to the refined product markets, which could make a recent recovery in oil prices unsustainable. Financial indicators, the dollar at 12.08, South African rents, 9.69, Botswana Pula, and 7.31, Zambian Kwacha, also 0.65 to the British pound, and 0.89 against the euro. Commodities, gold, $1,193, platinum, $1,130, a finance brand crude oil has risen, $67 now, 20 cents per barrel. That's how it's looking. Thank you, Wisani Matebula, for that economic update. Uh, uh, now we have uh, Figile Lingwati. He's here to give us our sports. In our sport, sports update this hour, we're starting off with football news. English Premiership side Manchester City midfielder Yaya Toure believes tougher sanctions should be placed on anybody found guilty of racism. The Ivory Coast International was speaking at the launch of FIFA's anti-discrimination monitoring system in London. In 2013, Toure allegedly faced racial abuse from Russian fans when City played CSK Moscow in a Champions League match in Moscow, Russia. For me, the real matter, you need to, we need to take a big sanction of that, you know what I mean? Like, not saying like close part of the stadium or giving them, um, giving them, you know, a, a man of couple of money, you know. We, and we, we can see now we have a couple of clubs, if I can say that, are more big in the country now. And, you know, pay maybe 20,000, 20,000, 20, you know what I mean? Something like that is, you know what I mean? For me, it's not enough. We need to do more. I've been, I've been in the same situation where I have, you know, monkey chant or abuse, you know. It's difficult to deal with that. And sometimes, to be honest with you, as a sportman, you, you, want to, you want to finish the game. You want to continue until the end. But when you hear something like that, you know, it hurts you and as well, we, it breaks you. Toure 
welcomed the launch of FIFA's anti-discrimination monitoring system, which will implement the recommendations of the FIFA task force against racism and discrimination. Turi hopes this new initiative will be a positive step forward for some countries, particularly Ukraine, where he played for several years, and in Russia, where he was subjected to abuse and has friends who still play there. I was crying and I was well when the when the FIFA called me. They said I have to be I have to be involved. I said yes straight away because for me something have to be done and something have to, to 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 we need to see the change. You know what I mean? And in England, especially, I never to be honest with you, I never see that argument. Everything is is fantastic, and that's why I want in another country, especially in those side of of of, of the world. You know and. Uh, and Russia and Ukraine and South Africa's Premier League teams Kaiser Chiefs and Orlando Pirates will play in a tournament in Switzerland called the King's Super Cup. They will face Switzerland sides Mbabane Swallows and Royal Leopards. A tournament will be held on Saturday, July the 18th at the Somsholo National Stadium in Lobamba, which is between Mbabane and Manzini. A tournament will start with the semi-finals before the final later on the day. On to rugby news. The junior Springboks were made to fight hard to overcome a courageous Argentina under-20 rugby team, 25-22, in the first of two matches between the two sides in Santa Fe, Argentina, on Tuesday. Los Pumitas led 15-10 at halftime after they dominated possession and territory while playing with a strong wind in their favor in the first half. They scored two tries and a penalty to take a deserved leave while the baby box answered with a converted try and a penalty to stay within distance despite their many unforced errors. The young South Africans used their dominance in the scrums and set pieces to much better effect in the second half, adding a penalty and an excellent try to edge out the host in front of a passionate crowd. On to Marathon, the 90th Comrades Marathon to be run on the 31st of this month has attracted the second largest number of entries in the history of the world-renowned race. Comrades Marathon Association General Manager Chris Fisher says the number of entries they received for the up-run were only 700 short of their maximum number of 23,000. Fisher says a third of the 18,000 runners who have qualified will be taking part for the first time. It's going to be a humbling experience for myself to, to, to be close, close to the race um, because uh, I think it was uh, uh, quite nicely put uh, by one of my colleagues the other day that this is, this is an extraordinary achievement. This is witnessing an extraordinary achievement by otherwise ordinary individuals and um, it's something certainly worth, worth watching. And finally with tennis news, Third-seeded Andre Murray faces Jeremy Chardy of France, while fourth-seed Rafael Nadal plays qualifier Marcel Ilan of Turkey in the second round of the Rome Masters. South African Kevin Anderson dispatched Philippe Kohlschreiber of Germany 3-love. He will play either Roger Federer or Pablo Cuevas next, and he admits that playing either Federer or Pablo is going to be tough. That's the Sport News this hour.
That's it. I enjoyed today's program. I think it was so informative. And I think Choo Choo, uh, my technical producer, enjoyed it too. And uh, I hope that, ah, but I, I think it's too late now for her to be a nurse. Maybe she should just stick to what she's doing. She's pretty good at it. So I just think she should remain a technical producer. But what are your thoughts about nursing in Africa? Today we were talking about South Africa and looking at South Africa as an example. But maybe there are challenges in your country, wherever you're listening to us from. Let us know. Plus 278-23-325-905. You can SMS us there. Or you can interact with us at Channel Africa 1. That's our uh, uh, Twitter handle. And uh, at African Dialogue, which is another Twitter handle for our program African Dialogue. Remember, African Dialogue comes to you every Monday to Thursday at 1100 hours Central African time. We'll be back with you tomorrow.